Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in his series on the pastoral epistles of St. Paul with this message entitled, The Theology of Suffering, preached May 22, 2016. So I want to speak to you about the scriptures found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 through 14. The theology of suffering. Acts chapter 20, 22 through 24. And now compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. You see, you don't know what is going to happen to you. We pretend that we know. We don't, sir. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. I said theology of suffering. Jesus gives us eternal life and calls us to follow him even to death. So he said in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. His ideas, his will, his ambition, his everything. And embrace the purpose of Jesus Christ. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up the cross and follow me to death. He told you the truth. He never lies. He is truth. Why did he call us to follow him to death? Because he has destroyed our death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. We are called to suffer for the gospel because death cannot destroy those who are in Christ. So St. Paul says in Romans 8, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered a sheep to be slaughtered. That's not an exaggeration, sir. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In fact, we rejoice in our sufferings. We rejoice in our sufferings by the Holy Spirit because we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Friends, listen to the gospel. Jesus was crucified. Stephen was stoned to death. James was beheaded. Peter was crucified. And Paul was thrown into a dungeon from where he is writing this letter. And later was beheaded. So point number one. Our Christian life 
the type of life we must live if you claim to be a Christian. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to understand what I am saying. Beginning in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 10, Paul again appeals to his son and disciple Timothy directly, contrasting him against the wicked false teachers who oppose the gospel as Janus and Jambres, the sorcerers who oppose God's servant Moses. And this is true of every true minister of the gospel. Unlike the false teachers known for their vices listed in chapter 3, 1 through 5, Timothy is a man of God who is characterized by godliness as a disciple and a follower of Apostle Paul. He had a long personal association with his spiritual father. And so we read about that in 1 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I am sending to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Sir, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you will live the way Christ wants you to live. And if you don't live that life, you are not a Christian. First Timothy 4, 6, if you point these things out to the brothers, you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus brought up in the truths of the faith and of the good teaching you have followed. And Philippians 3.17, join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. Do you live the life which Pastor Matthew is preaching from the scriptures to you? It is not mere agreeing with me. Fides est fiducia. Faith is trust demonstrated by our obedience to the word of God. Timothy followed Paul as Paul followed Jesus Christ himself. And Timothy learned from Paul association with a father or a pastor means you are learning continually and living, therefore, a godly life. Timothy followed Paul as Paul followed Jesus Christ himself and Timothy learned from Paul all he needed to know to become an effective pastor. He learned the apostolic doctrine and he lived a godly life. What about you? Do you live a godly life, an obedient life, a holy life, a consecrated life? which the gospel demands. The false teachers taught the doctrines of demons and lived immoral lives, as many modern pastors do. 
Timothy emulated Paul in doctrine and life in the power of the Holy Spirit. Timothy knew all about Paul's doctrine and holy life. First, my teaching. Follow my teaching. Paul's teaching. And we read in Acts chapter 242, they devoted themselves to believers. First, apostles' teaching. That's always first. Then the life that he demands you to live. Paul says, Timothy followed my teaching. People want to read everybody else, not the pastor. My sheep hear my voice. And when you have extra time, well, read all other books, especially godly men in the history of the church. And go back to 17th century Puritans. His teaching was sound teaching, meaning that gives health and salvation to sinners. So Paul says in 2 Timothy 4 verse 3, For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers. His teaching pointed to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah. The Old Testament scriptures promised the Messiah, the Son of the Virgin Mary, the Son of David, who fully kept God's law, who was crucified for our sins and was raised for our justification, that everyone who trusts in Jesus might be saved, justified, adopted, and be glorified. And live a godly life by the power of the Holy Spirit. In spite of persecutions and severe sufferings. The teaching of Paul was the opposite of the teaching of the false teachers. Philippians 3.18 and 19. For us I have often told you before and now say again with the tears. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is always on earthly things. Second Timothy 1, 13 and 14. What you heard from me keep as the pattern of sound doctrine with faith and love in Christ Jesus. God the good deposit that was entrusted to you, guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. The teaching of Paul was based on all the God-breathed scriptures, the Old and the New Testaments, that clearly pointed to our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. All other teachings are of the devil, who always contradict the truth, being the lies And the father of all lies, the devil. So that's teaching. Always first and important. Number two, my conduct. Follow Paul's conduct. Behavior, the way of life. In other words, doctrine should not be just theoretical. A lot of people go to seminary and get an A. Doesn't mean anything. Paul not only believed and preached the gospel, he lived out the gospel and suffered for the gospel. One's ethics is a reflection of one's belief. One's conviction 
A Christian lives a holy life. Be holy, for I am holy. And God's children is like Jesus Christ in doctrine and in life. 1 Corinthians 4, 17, For this reason I am sending to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life. That is my conduct in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. He still preaches the gospel and lives out the gospel. Follow me as I follow the Lord. And every father should be able to say that. Follow me as I follow the Lord. And 1 Timothy 4 verse 12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, life, in life, in love, in faith, in purity, and so on. Set an example. Father, are you an example to your son and to your daughter? Mother, are you an example to your daughter? Timothy must follow Paul's teaching and live a godly life as Paul lived. All pastors must follow Paul's example. 1 Timothy 6, 3 and 4, if anyone teaches false doctrines and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, he is considered and understands nothing number three my purpose Timothy you followed my purpose Paul had only one purpose to glorify God by obeying his will by preaching the gospel and he said so in 2 Timothy 1 11 and 12 and of this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher that is why I am suffering as I am, yet I am not ashamed, because I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day that is my life. I committed my life to him, and he is able to guard it. And he says his purpose in Romans 1 verse 5, though through him and for his name's sake we received grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience of faith. And number four, follow my faith. Faith here refers to trust in Jesus Christ in every situation, including being arrested. Flogging, imprisonment, stoning, beheading, and so on. Don't go around and twist the gospel and say, I believed in Jesus, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be wealthy and healthy and no trouble is going to happen. It's a lie. Second Corinthians 1, 8, 10, 10. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships, plural, we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely trust 
on ourselves but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us on him. We have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. And number five. Follow my patience. Macrothumia, that is patience, is a fruit of the spirit to get along with people who annoy us and at times fail us. It is a quality of Jesus himself. Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.16, But for that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus, might dis- display his, what's there, unlimited patience. As an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. And he tells in 2 Timothy 4.2, it ought to be our character too, not only Jesus's. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And you are to do that with your children. And number six, follow my love, agape love, sir. It is sacrificial love. Jesus loved and died for us. Husbands are to love their wives and the same way and die for her. So are we to love our fellow believers. First John three sixteen and 17. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him. How can the love of God be in him? Life of love and community in the church. That's the fourth mark which I added to the reformers' marks. That if your brother doesn't have food, you give him food. This love, agape love, takes initiative. It communicates. It sacrifices. It gives generously. It fellowships. It disciplines. It never forgets you. It never divorces. It is a fruit of the spirit. We are to pursue it daily. First Timothy 6.11 But you man of God flee from all this and pursue love. Pursue love. Number seven. Follow my endurance. Hupomone. To be able to stand under severe pressures. To be able to stand under severe pressures, afflictions, temptations, and even martyrdom without rejecting Christ. We endure hardship by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 12, If we endure... We will reign with him. First Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And don't come and complain and be miserable. Receive grace from God to endure hardship at the point of temptation. And God is 
faithful, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under pressure. Joseph ran when he was tempted. Holy Spirit said, run! And he ran. 2 Timothy 4.17 says, At my first defense, nobody came to my support. Everyone abandoned me, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. God gives you strength at the point of your trouble. When you pray and ask the Lord to help you, and he will give you grace, strength, power to honor God. By not yielding to temptation. And number eight. Follow my persecutions. Plural. One after another sir. Never ends. Until you die. Because you are a Christian. One after another being hunted down as a wild animal. Because we believe in Jesus. Paul is writing this from a dungeon. But know that nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God. No one can snatch us out of God's hand. We are in Christ. God the Father loves us as he loves his eternal son. He is committed to us to save us. We are very secure, sir. We do not fear those who can only kill the body. Number nine, follow my sufferings. Again, plural. What are you complaining about? If Christ is dwelling in you by the Spirit, then you have grace coming to you, and you will be able to stand up under trouble. Follow my sufferings, one after another. Sufferings are the effect of persecutions, which registers in our mind and in our body. And we don't like it. We follow Jesus, remember, having taken up our crosses, we follow him to death. Second Corinthians 11, are the servants of Christ. I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. We ought to be ashamed of our misery and complaints. 1 Corinthians 12, 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my 
power is made perfect in weakness therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me that is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses in insults, in hardships, in persecutions in difficulties for when I am weak then I am strong Colossians 1.24 Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you. I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction for the sake of his body which is the church. And Romans 5.3 says Listen not only so but we also rejoice in suffering because I know sufferings produce character. Point number two Our Lord delivers us from all our trouble. Timothy, you know very well my persecutions and sufferings, especially what I endured at the beginning of my ministry in Pisidian Antioch. Acts chapter 13, how the Jews forced us to leave the city they were planning to stone us. Acts 13.50 But the Jews incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they fled to Iconium. Chapter 14 of Acts 1-5 through 5. So we fled to Iconium, which was located in the Roman province of Galatia. Even there, the Jews wanted to stone us. So we fled to Lystra. Acts 14, 6 6 through 20. This was the hometown of Timothy. Here, the Jews, together with others, stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city and left him for dead. But God raised him up and he went into the city to preach the gospel. St. Paul cites this stoning in Second Corinthians 11 verse 25. By the grace of God, he endured all these persecutions and sufferings. Yet he established churches in all these places. So Acts 14, 21 to 23, they preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, Antioch, strengthening disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. Sir, he always remembered Jesus Christ what's raised from the dead. That's all you need to know. Jesus Christ raised from the dead. The resurrection is the reason for rejoicing in suffering. Christ is raised from the dead and he will raise us from the dead. The one who by His atoning death defeated the devil and destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light. He is raised from the dead. This victorious Christ is with us always. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. The Lord Jesus who is always with us as our good shepherd delivers his people from every trouble. 
there are three ways he delivers us. First, he delivers us from troubles. That is, we are kept from them. Second, he delivers us through troubles. Paul was stoned and left for dead. Though he was stoned severely, God kept Paul from death so that he can continue to minister the gospel. And thirdly, he delivers us through death itself. He delivers us through death and brings us safely to his heavenly kingdom. This was what happened to Paul finally when he was beheaded. And so he says, everybody abandoned me, but the Lord stood at my side. And then he says, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. He meant through death, he is going to bring me to heaven. So he says, Second Timothy 4, 6 through 8, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. He knows he is going to be beheaded. And the time of my departure has come. Friends, if you are a Christian, you must have a Christian view of death. Paul wrote this epistle and 2 Timothy 1.1 says, only time he said this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. He knows he is going to be beheaded, but he writes it to you saying, according to the promise of life. Five things you need to know about your death. First, it is precious in the sight of the Lord, the death of his saints. Second, blessed are the dead who die trusting in the Lord. Third, to me to live is Christ and to die is what, sir? Gain. Do you have that conviction, sir? If not, you are not trusting in Christ. Number four, to die in Christ is better. And number five, to die is to be present with the Lord. Friends, can you, as Christian, truly say these positive things about death? Then if you can, then you are a Christian. Number three, Everyone, every believer will be persecuted. A principle is given to us in chapter 3, verse 12. Everyone, every elect of God who is born of God by the Spirit will repent truly and believe savingly in Jesus Christ. Such a person will experience persecution in this world. True faith in Jesus Christ leads to godliness. A worldly Christian is double-minded who single-mindedly 
serves the world he has a form of godliness but he hates Jesus and loves the pleasures of sin such a person will suffer no persecution but everyone who purposes to live a godly life all of life will be persecuted such a one hates sin and loves Jesus a true Christian by the spirit of grace lives a godly life Titus 2 11 and 12 for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live a self-controlled upright and godly lives in this present age who gets persecution those who purpose to live a godly life nobody else grace that saves us also enables us to live a godly life we suffer persecutions because we are united with Christ Jesus Christ therefore the world treats us as he treated Jesus who taught us if anyone would come after me he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whoever wants to save his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for me will find it think about this paradox we died with Christ we were buried with Christ and we are raised with Christ to live a new life different from the world the world is darkness but in Jesus Christ we are the light of the world the world is dead in sins but we are alive in God therefore the world hates God's children who are in Christ Jesus every minister who preaches a gospel without suffering a gospel of health wealth power and pleasure and antinomianism is worldly and an agent of the devil who is the god of this world listen to dr mounts he says this opponents of the gospel are not being persecuted because they are pursuing evil verse 12 which says in fact everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted he says verse 12 hammers the final nail into the coffin of any aberrant gospel that preaches an abundant life devoid of persecutions it's false and mega churches preach that type of nonsense is false and mounts is right and what did Jesus say sir Matthew 10 brother will betray brother to death and a father of his child children will rebel against the parents and have them put to death all men will hate you because of me but he who stands firm to the end will be saved John 16:2 they will put you out of the synagogue in fact a time is coming when anyone kills you will think he is offering a service to god 
Listen to Jesus. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Nothing new, nothing new, nothing new. Listen to Peter. He says, 1 Peter 4, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. And that's what Paul said in many places. Philippians 1, 29 and 34, it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. It's a gift. When he gives you the gift of faith, he is also giving you the gift of what, sir? Suffering. See the paradox. Gift of suffering. Our suffering for the name of Christ proves that we are truly God's children. And finally, number four, the progress of evil. Look at the decay of culture in the Christian countries of the world. Look at the decay of churches in this country. Decay, sir. And this scripture is fulfilled before our eyes. That things are going from bad to worse. Evil men and seducers like Janus and Jambres, agents of demons, will go from bad to worse in their promotion of evil and false gospel. Such people are described in Second Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 9 and elsewhere. In this epistle, look at the condition of the Christian churches in the world, false teachers are preaching false gospel and they are going from bad to worse in their preaching of lies from the devil. They are deceived by the devil and so they deceive those who are non-elect. Jesus warned us about them. Matthew 24 24 and 25, four false Christ and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect. If that were possible, see, I have told you ahead of time. And Paul says the same thing in this verse. And John said, 1 John 4, verse 1, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. I say they have gone out into the churches. So, true believers, children of God, be filled with the Spirit, be filled with the Holy Scripture. and be a vital member of Christ's Holy Church, where God's Gifted and pious ministers preach the true gospel. There are multitudes of swindlers and deceivers and cheats in the church. They will go from bad to worse until Christ comes to judge all the enemies of the gospel who are trapped 
by the devil to do his will. And let me read to you what is going to happen when he comes. Our Lord Jesus Christ, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, all this is evidence that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to those who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when? When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They'll be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you because you believe the testimony to you. Friends, I'm asking those who have not yet believed. I offer you in the name of Jesus Christ the gospel. And I beseech you by the mercies of God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Today and be saved. And those who are believers... Well, study these nine things we spoke about. Godly life. Number three, be filled with the Spirit and be filled with the Word of God that you may declare to the world that Jesus saves. Jesus saves sinners. Jesus saves only sinners who will come to him and repent. Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner, and you'll be saved, sir. Heavenly Father, we pray that you grant repentance and saving faith that people may obey your command to repent and to believe. We praise you and thank you for saving us. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit indwelling in us and granting us the grace necessary to stand for God in the midst of persecutions and sufferings. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Grace Valley Christian Center is committed to the unchanging truth of the Holy Scriptures. We have been proclaiming the whole counsel of God since 1974 through our weekly worship services, our website resources, and our publishing ministry. For more information about our church, to find more edifying sermons, or to order books by the Rev. P.G. Matthew, please visit our website at gracevalley.org. Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in his series on the pastoral epistles of St. Paul with this message entitled, The Theology of Suffering, preached May 22, 2016. So I want to speak to you about the scriptures found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 through 14. The theology of suffering. Acts chapter 20, 22 through 24. 
And now compelled by the spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. You see, you don't know what is going to happen to you. We pretend that we know. We don't, sir. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. I said theology of suffering. Jesus gives us eternal life and calls us to follow him even to death. So he said in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, his ideas, his will, his ambition, his everything, and embrace the purpose of Jesus Christ. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up the cross and follow me to death. He told you the truth. He never lies. He is truth. Why did he call us to follow him to death? Because he has destroyed our death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. We are called to suffer for the gospel because death cannot destroy those who are in Christ. So St. Paul says in Romans 8, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. That's not an exaggeration, sir. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In fact, we rejoice in our sufferings. We rejoice in our sufferings by the Holy Spirit because we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Friends, listen to the gospel. Jesus was crucified. Stephen was stoned to death. James was beheaded. Peter was crucified. And Paul was thrown into a dungeon from where he is writing this letter. And later was beheaded. So point number one. Our Christian life. The type of life we must live. If you claim to be a Christian, ask the Holy Spirit to help you to understand what I am saying. Beginning in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 10, Paul again appeals to his son and disciple Timothy directly, contrasting him against the wicked false teachers who oppose the gospel as Janus and Jambres. The sorcerers who opposed God's servant Moses. And this is true of every true minister of the gospel. 
unlike the false teachers known for their vices listed in chapter 3 through 5 Timothy is a man of God who is characterized by godliness as a disciple and a follower of apostle Paul he had a long personal association with his spiritual father and so we read about that in 1 Corinthians 4:16 and 17 therefore i urge you to imitate me for this reason i am sending to you timothy my son whom i love who is faithful in the lord he will remind you of my way of life in christ jesus which agrees with what i teach everywhere in every church sir if you believe in jesus christ you will live the way christ wants you to live and if you don't live that life you are not a christian first timothy 4:6 if you point these things out to the brothers you'll be a good minister of christ jesus brought up in the truths of the faith and of the good teaching you have followed and philippians 3:17 join with others in following my example brothers and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you do you live the life which pastor matthew is preaching from the scriptures to you it is not mere agreeing with me fides est fiducia faith is trust demonstrated by our obedience to the word of god timothy followed paul as paul followed jesus christ himself and timothy learned from paul association with a father or a pastor means you are learning continually and living therefore a godly life Timothy followed Paul as Paul followed Jesus Christ himself and Timothy learned from Paul all he needed to know to become an effective pastor he learned the apostolic doctrine and he lived a godly life what about you do you live a godly life an obedient life a holy life a consecrated life which the gospel demands the false teachers taught the doctrines of demons and lived immoral lives as many modern pastors do timothy emulated paul in doctrine and life in the power of the holy spirit timothy knew all about paul's doctrine and holy life first my teaching follow my teaching paul's teaching and we read in acts chapter 242 they devoted themselves to believers first apostles teaching that's always first then the life that he demands you to live paul says timothy followed my teaching people want to read everybody else not the pastor 
my sheep hear my voice. And when you have extra time, well, read all other books, especially godly men in the history of the church. And go back to 17th century Puritans. His teaching was sound teaching, meaning that gives health and salvation to sinners. So Paul says in 2 Timothy 4 verse 3, For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers. His teaching pointed to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah. The Old Testament scriptures promised the Messiah, the son of the Virgin Mary, the son of David, who fully kept God's law, who was crucified for our sins and was raised for our justification, that everyone who trusts in Jesus might be saved, justified, adopted, and be glorified and live a godly life by the power of the Holy Spirit in spite of persecutions and severe sufferings. The teaching of Paul was the opposite of the teaching of the false teachers. Philippians 3:18 and 19, for us I have often told you before and now say again with the tears. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is always on earthly things. Second Timothy 1, 13 and 14. What you heard from me keep as the pattern of sound doctrine with faith and love in Christ Jesus. God the good deposit that was entrusted to you, guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. The teaching of Paul was based on all the God-breathed scriptures, the Old and the New Testaments, that clearly pointed to our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. All other teachings are of the devil, who always contradict the truth, being the lies and the father of all lies, the devil. So that's teaching, always first and important. Number two, my conduct. Follow Paul's conduct, behavior, the way of life. In other words, doctrine should not be just theoretical. A lot of people go to seminary and get an A. Doesn't mean anything. Paul not only believed and preached the gospel, he lived out the gospel and suffered for the gospel. One's ethics is a reflection of one's belief, one's conviction. A Christian lives a holy life. Be holy, for I am holy. And God's children is like Jesus Christ in doctrine and in life. 1 Corinthians 4, 17, for this reason I am sending to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life. That is my conduct in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. He still preaches the gospel and lives out the gospel. Follow me. 
as I follow the Lord. And every father should be able to say that, follow me as I follow the Lord. And 1 Timothy 4 verse 12, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, life, in life, in love, in faith, in purity, and so on. Set an example. Father, are you an example to your son and to your daughter? Mother, are you an example to your daughter? Timothy must follow Paul's teaching and live a godly life as Paul lived. All pastors must follow Paul's example. First Timothy 6, 3 and 4, if anyone teaches false doctrines and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, he is considered and understands nothing. Number three, my purpose, Timothy, you followed my purpose. Paul had only one purpose, to glorify God by obeying his will, by preaching the gospel. And he said so in 2 Timothy 1, 11 and 12, And of this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am, yet I am not ashamed. Because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day that is my life. I committed my life to him and he is able to guard it. And he says his purpose in Romans 1 verse 5, though through him and for his namesake we received grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience of faith. And number four, follow my faith. Faith here refers to trust in Jesus Christ in every situation including being arrested, Flogging, imprisonment, stoning, beheading, and so on. Don't go around and twist the gospel and say, I believed in Jesus, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be wealthy and healthy and no trouble is going to happen. It's a lie. Second Corinthians 1, 8, 10, 10. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships, plural, we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely, trust on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us on him. We have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. And number five, follow my patience. Macrothumia, that is patience, is a fruit of the spirit to get along with people who annoy us and at times fail us. It is a quality of Jesus himself. 
Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.16, But for that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might dis- display his, what's there, unlimited patience. As an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. And he tells in 2 Timothy 4.2, it ought to be our character too, not only Jesus's. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And you are to do that with your children. And number six, follow my love, agape love, sir. It is sacrificial love. Jesus loved and died for us. Husbands are to love their wives and the same way and die for her. So are we to love our fellow believers. First John three sixteen and 17. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Life of love and community in the church. That's the fourth mark which I added to the reformers' marks. That if your brother doesn't have food, you give him food. This love, agape love, takes initiative. It communicates. It sacrifices. It gives generously. It fellowships. It disciplines. It never forgets you. It never divorces. It is a fruit of the spirit. We are to pursue it daily. 1 Timothy 6, 11, But you man of God, flee from all this and pursue love. Pursue love. Number seven, follow my endurance. Hupomone. To be able to stand under severe pressures. To be able to stand under severe pressures, afflictions, temptations, and even martyrdom. Without rejecting Christ. We endure hardship by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 12. If we endure. We will reign with him. 1 Corinthians 10 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And don't come and complain and be miserable. Receive grace from God to endure hardship. At the point of temptation. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under pressure. Joseph ran when he was tempted. Holy Spirit said, run. And he ran. 2 Timothy 4.17 says, At my first defense, nobody came to my support Everyone abandoned me, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. God gives you strength at the point of your trouble. When you pray and ask the Lord to help you, and he will give you grace, strength, power. 
to honor God by not yielding to temptation. And number eight, follow my persecutions, plural. One after another, sir. Never ends until you die because you are a Christian. One after another being hunted down as a wild animal because we believe in Jesus. Paul is writing this from a dungeon. But know that nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God. No one can snatch us out of God's hand. We are in Christ. God the Father loves us as he loves his eternal son. He is committed to us to save us. We are very secure, sir. We do not fear those who can only kill the body. Number nine, follow my sufferings. Again, plural. What are you complaining about? If Christ is dwelling in you by the Spirit, then you have grace coming to you, and you will be able to stand up under trouble. Follow my sufferings, one after another. Sufferings are the effect of persecutions which registers in our mind and in our body. And we don't like it. We follow Jesus, remember, having taken up our crosses, we follow him to death. Second Corinthians 11 are the servants of Christ. I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. We ought to be ashamed of our misery and complaints. 1 Corinthians 12, 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my Power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Colossians 1.24, now I rejoice in what was suffered for you. I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, which is the church. And Romans 5.3 says, listen, not only so, but we also rejoice in suffering. Because I know sufferings produce character. Point number two. 
our Lord delivers us from all our trouble. Timothy, you know very well my persecutions and sufferings, especially what I endured at the beginning of my ministry in Pisidian Antioch. Acts chapter 13, how the Jews forced us to leave the city they were planning to stone us. Acts 13, 50, but the Jews incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they fled to Iconium. Chapter 14 of Acts 1 through 5. So we fled to Iconium, which was located in the Roman province of Galatia. Even there, the Jews wanted to stone us. So we fled to Lystra. Acts 14, 6 6 through 20. This was the hometown of Timothy. Here, the Jews, together with others, stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city and left him for dead. But God raised him up and he went into the city to preach the gospel. St. Paul cites this stoning in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 25. By the grace of God, he endured all these persecutions and sufferings. Yet he established churches in all these places. So Acts 14, 21 to 23, they preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, Antioch, strengthening disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. Sir, he always remembered Jesus Christ what's raised from the dead. That's all you need to know. Jesus Christ raised from the dead. The resurrection is the reason for rejoicing in suffering. Christ is raised from the dead. And he will raise us from the dead. The one who by His atoning death defeated the devil and destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light. He is raised from the dead. This victorious Christ is with us always. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. The Lord Jesus who is always with us as our good shepherd delivers his people from every trouble. There are three ways he delivers us. First, he delivers us from troubles. That is, we are kept from them. Second, he delivers us through troubles. Paul was stoned and left for dead. Though he was stoned severely, God kept Paul from death so that he can continue to minister the gospel. And thirdly, he delivers us through death itself. He delivers us through death and brings us safely to his heavenly kingdom. This was what happened to Paul finally when he was beheaded. And so he says, everybody abandoned me, but the Lord stood at my side. 
And then he says, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Through death, he is going to bring me to heaven. So he says, 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8, for I am already being poured out like a drink offer. He knows he's going to be beheaded and the time of my departure has come. Friends, if you are a Christian, you must have a Christian view of death. Paul wrote this epistle and 2 Timothy 1 1 says, only time he said this Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. He knows he is going to be beheaded, but he writes it to you saying, according to the promise of life. Five things you need to know about your death. First, It is precious in the sight of the Lord, the death of his saints. Second, blessed are the dead who die trusting in the Lord. Third, to meet, to live is Christ and to die is what, sir? Gain. Do you have that conviction, sir? If not, you are not trusting in Christ. Number four, to die in Christ is better And number five, to die is to be present with the Lord. Friends, can you, as Christian, truly say these positive things about death? Then if you can, then you are a Christian. Number three, everyone, every believer will be persecuted. A principle is given to us in chapter 3, verse 12. Everyone, every elect of God who is born of God by the Spirit will repent truly and believe savingly in Jesus Christ. Such a person will experience persecution in this world. True faith in Jesus Christ leads to godliness. A worldly Christian is double-minded who single-mindedly serves the world. He has a form of godliness, but he hates Jesus and loves the pleasures of sin. Such a person will suffer no persecution. But everyone who purposes to live a godly life, all of life will be persecuted. Such a one hates sin and loves Jesus. A true Christian by the spirit of grace lives a godly life. Titus 2, 11 and 12, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live a self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. Who gets persecution? Those who purpose to live a godly life. Nobody else. Grace that saves us 
also enables us to live a godly life. We suffer persecutions because we are united with Christ, Jesus Christ. Therefore, the world treats us as he treated Jesus who taught us. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for me will find it. Think about this paradox. We died with Christ. We were buried with Christ. And we are raised with Christ to live a new life. Different from the world. The world is darkness. But in Jesus Christ we are the light of the world. The world is dead in sins. But we are alive in God. Therefore the world hates God's children. Who are in Christ Jesus. Every minister who preaches a gospel without suffering. A gospel of health, wealth, power and pleasure and antinomianism is worldly and an agent of the devil who is the God of this world. Listen to Dr. Mounts. He says this, opponents of the gospel are not being persecuted because they are pursuing evil. Verse 12, which says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, he says. Verse 12 hammers the final nail into the coffin of any aberrant gospel that preaches an abundant life devoid of persecutions. It's false! And mega churches preach that type of Nonsense is false. And Mounts is right. And what did Jesus say, sir? Matthew 10. Brother will betray brother to death. And a father of his child. Children will rebel against the parents. And have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. John 16, 2, they will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, a time is coming when anyone kills you will think he is offering a service to God. Listen to Jesus. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Nothing new, nothing new, nothing new. Listen to Peter. He says, 1 Peter 4, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. And that's what Paul said in many places. 
Philippians 1, 29 and 34, it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. It's a gift. When he gives you the gift of faith, he is also giving you the gift of what, sir? Suffering. See the paradox. Gift of suffering. Our suffering for the name of Christ proves that we are truly God's children. And finally, number four, the progress of evil. Look at the decay of culture in the Christian countries of the world. Look at the decay of churches in this country. Decay, sir. And this scripture is fulfilled before our eyes. That things are going from bad to worse. Evil men and seducers like Janus and Jambres, agents of demons, will go from bad to worse in their promotion of evil and false gospel. Such people are described in Second Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 9 and elsewhere. In this epistle, look at the condition of the Christian churches in the world. False teachers are preaching false gospel and they are going from bad to worse in their preaching of lies from the devil. They are deceived by the devil and so they deceive those who are non-elect. Jesus warned us about them. Matthew 24 24 and 25, four false Christ and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect. If that were possible, see, I have told you ahead of time. And Paul says the same thing in this verse. And John said, 1 John 4, verse 1, dear friend, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. I say they have gone out into the churches. So, true believers, children of God, be filled with the Spirit, be filled with the Holy Scripture. and be a vital member of Christ's holy church, where God's gifted and pious ministers preach the true gospel. There are multitudes of swindlers and deceivers and cheats in the church. They will go from bad to worse until Christ comes to judge all the enemies of the gospel who are trapped by the devil to do his will. And let me read to you What is going to happen when he comes? Our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to those who are troubled And to us as well, this will happen when? When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. 
they'll be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you because you believe the testimony to you. Friends, I'm asking those who have not yet believed I offer you in the name of Jesus Christ the gospel. And I beseech you by the mercies of God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Today and be saved. And those who are believers will study these nine things we spoke about. Godly life. Number three, be filled with the spirit and be filled with with the word of God that you may declare to the world that Jesus saves. Jesus saves sinners. Jesus saves only sinners who will come to him and repent. Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner, and you'll be saved, sir. Heavenly Father, we pray that you grant repentance and saving faith that people may obey your command to repent and to believe. We praise you and thank you for saving us. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit indwelling in us and granting us the grace necessary to stand for God in the midst of persecutions and sufferings. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Grace Valley Christian Center is committed to the unchanging truth of the Holy Scriptures. We have been proclaiming the whole counsel of God since 1974 through our weekly worship services, our website resources, and our publishing ministry. For more information about our church, to find more edifying sermons, or to order books by the Rev. P.G. Matthew, please visit our website at gracevalley.org.